<laughs> They'll never know. All right, so we're recording now. Um, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to Zencaster, man. Like for a free program, it's it's pretty robust, and the fact that they knew that there was issues with it, and they corrected it without like saying oh hey do you want the corrected version well you're gonna have to throw in like 60 bucks like it was free it was a free upgrade and i thought that was awesome yeah i mean i find that some of the best stuff out there usually is like shareware or you know people are just passionate about the project a lot of the stuff that people use and take for granted started out that way well, I mean, also, too, I mean, like, think about, like, our early days when we first started doing podcasts. We were doing it on Audacity, which is is free to download and use. And, like, I mean, now I use um, I use GarageBand on my Mac, but that's just because it came free with my Mac. So it was, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Whatever I can get best free, that's what we're going with. Yeah, I know, right? Like, it's, it's basically what it boils down to. Um. I think that like now that we're because GGR is actually up and running. It's not we haven't done our official launch yet, which I mean, you guys can go to the website, but there's really nothing there right now, um, which is greatgeekrefuge.com. But very soon here, we will be having an official launch. um, And as you'll get to hear um, in episode zero, if you want to listen to it, but honestly, we'll give you a little spoiler. If you don't feel like listening to it, it's fine. Um, One of the things that's going to really change with the scope of ggr is we're going to be a lot less focused on who we're going to be like because from my perspective i mean obviously you guys can't read my thoughts so i'll tell you about them um before when we did this when we did this website when we did ggr the last time my main focus was is like i want to be like cracked.com or i want to be like all those other nerd websites that are constantly putting out new content and new this and new that and like, really, that's not us. And in trying to be something that we're not, it ended up making me hate doing it. And it ended up being a catalyst for essentially what, what caused the, the joint of us, us to join comicsonline.com uh, to begin with. And then doing that, I realized I didn't want to do it either. So it was like, I don't know, Steve, you don't really seem like the type of person that would have this issue, but like I, I tend to do this from time to time where I have, um, I want to be like a chameleon. I, I want to fit in and I want to have everybody like me and I'll do things that I don't normally do or things that I don't normally like for a while in hopes that I'll fit in with the group. And then I end up hating myself and I hate doing it. So I end up getting like mad and quitting and it's not the most healthy thing in the world, but here we are. Oh, I mean, I think that's a natural thing for people to want to fit in. And and I feel like the people that are like adamant that they don't want to fit in and they like being the outsider and blah, blah, blah. It's just people that have not been able to fit in for so long that that's just their default position now so that they don't feel bad about not fitting in. Um, But at the same time, like, yeah, you also do have to kind of be your own. And I think kind of maturing and being a, an adult is coming to terms with like, this is the ways that I fit in with society. These are the ways that I'm unique. Um, and just kind of coming to grips with that. And I think the newer version of GGR is going to be a, a bigger and better version of it than it ever was in the first place, because you don't want to be like everyone. You want to be like Mike. I feel like there was a song like that. Be like Mike. Involving I feel like Gatorade yeah. and, Michael Jordan dunking on people. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it was a pretty popular saying around the time <laughs> that Michael Jordan was active in the NBA. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, but yeah, that's normally when we do our podcast, we kind of start, jump right in. But like it's um, because of the nature of our uh, friendship with you being, what, four hours away? Like, a lot of times it ends up being us just talking to each other. So it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, like it's also, we, we get to kind of talk about like our, our thoughts and motives behind all of this stuff. And like, um, I don't know if you get a chance to listen to it or not, Steve, but we did an episode of Mike on the mic on rock deep rogue radio. Um, that is exactly what I think GGR is going to end up being like. Um, I, I had my buddy, Matt, who's been a friend of mine since high school. Um, who's now he's a lobbyist uh, on Capitol Hill 
but he's also just a really funny dude in general. And we had him on and we talked about like our favorite donut and pizza places. And I had my buddy Phil and Phil's an artist um, on. And, um, and I also had Tamika from, from rock deep rogue radio on. And we also ended up talking, talk, talking about star Trek discovery, which we'll talk about in this episode too, but it just, it went completely off the rails. And like, we were just making so many ridiculous jokes and it was so much fun, but it was that bringing together of people who are passionate about different things together. And it worked perfectly. And it was like this, this like test run that I did and it worked out wonderfully. It was like, wow, this is, this might actually work. This GGR thing might actually do something like maybe bringing all these people will be, will be wonderful. It's just finding the right people and not bringing in, you know, juice bags like we did last time. We'll stay away from the juice bags this time. I think that's the right thing too, is the mentality of like, well, let's, let's think of the first time we're doing like, we are thinking about like, Oh, what do we want it to be? Like, yeah. what, what, what do we, what do we want it to look like five years from now? Blah, blah, blah. That kind of mentality. And now we're kind of like, what kind of feeling do you want this website to feel like when you go on it? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, we were talking about like, Oh, it's like, you remember when like, you know, you were in high school and you were sitting in your, in your friend's basement and you were playing uh, super Nintendo and you were debating uh, about two comic book characters and who would win in a fight yeah. and you were just having a good time and, and playing games and, and enjoying yourselves. And you weren't thinking about homework or whatever other nonsense you had going on. You were thinking about this fun thing you were doing. And, and that's kind of what we want the feeling of the website to be. And I think as long as we're chasing that all the time, and like you said, having the right people, the same group of people that have that same mindset, then it's already successful. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. Um, so let's go ahead and get this thing started. Let's start with, I mean, cause we can't start with any other way other than playing our new awesome, um, GGR intro music. Like this, the eight bit version that I made is like, it's, pretty it's, tight. My, it's my new favorite and it's, it's going to be just the, I, I, I played around with some other intros and like I always do, you know, but, um, this one has become my favorite and I just think it fits us the best. So, Let's go ahead and kick off episode... I don't even know what episode we're on now, man. Um, let me check. I'm going to sit there trying to tell me tell people what episode I'm going to kick off. I don't even know. <laughs> we're making this up as we go along, folks. Um, well, I think that when the new year hits, we, re- we reset, right? So that's a new season. That, that makes sense, right? That's typically what we've been doing, yeah. Okay. So season season four. Wow. We've, uh, I just cussed. i got to delete that out. Uh, <laughs> Or as you heard, you know, like a Wookiee scream or something like that to cover up my curse word, which we like to use. <laughs> um, we are on episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wow, we're into episode nine of Dang. season four. Yeah. But like one of those was like I chopped up into two pieces like we did. Um, actually, I think it was three. Yeah, I chopped one episode into three pieces where we talked about the Super Bowl and then we talked about uh, a little more sports. We talked about Star Wars and then we talked about what we're watching on TV. So that was technically one episode that was three. So, hey, you got all the content. I don't care how you count it. Yeah. So without further delay, episode nine of GGR Pirate Radio of season four starts right now you're listening to ggr pirate radio don't be a juice bag this is called pirate radio be like oh these are stupid guns guns are for jerks (laughs) run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery yeah what do you do what do you do you act like it's a playground you beat up the bullies with your fists throw him in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same damn thing. So you just put him in the morgue. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? The great pirate wobbles is here for you. Pain heals. Takes digs cars. Glory. Lasts forever. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. 
Put to the box! Kill him! You son of a... This is called Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. That intro gets me so hyped every single time. Oh my god, it's so good. Like, it's so rad. I feel like such a chode, too, because, like, I made it, and I'm sitting here, like, like basically, like, patting myself on the back for my good work. Hey, way to go, Mike. That's a great intro. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. I worked hard on that. Like, it's whatever. I don't care. I'm proud of that. <laughs> even if, I think even if you didn't make it, you'd be still gushing over it. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. I, I probably would. But yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. And I enjoy it so much. And, um, I forget that I put things in there too. Like I'll be listening to it and I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. I put Bart Simpson saying yoink in there. And like, there's a, <laughs> there's Cyclops's optic blast. I forgot about all of that. That's so awesome. There's so many little things. That's why you have to listen to every episode. Cause you'll find more pieces. Exactly. See, it's, it's, we're here to share our wonderful nerdiness with all of you. So that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. Steve, the month of February is over. Um, and as you know, for me, this is a, a cause for celebration because the month of February is kind of cursed for me. Um, yeah, you guys don't get along so good. Now it sucks because it's my birthday month too. But the month is over. Nothing bad. Ha- fingers crossed. Nothing horribly bad happened. I mean, like, I had to get some dental work, but, you know, who doesn't? Such is life. But we're into March, and there's all these great things that are happening right now, and great things that just happened, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We live in different parts of the country, Steve and I, um, but we also have different viewing habits that I think in a regular setup, we probably would both be watching these things at the same time, but I mean, what fun would that be if we just talked about all the same things, you know? We've, we've said before that, you know, the Mike and, Mike and Steve agree on everything episodes would be pretty boring. So tonight we are going to provide you a little column A, a little column B. Steve, you got to watch all of the most recent Winter Olympics. So you'll tell me a, a little bit about that. And then I will tell you about Star Trek Discovery, which just wrapped up its first full season. And then we'll talk about some other stuff that we're watching, too. So I think uh, I think what we can do here, too, is because... Zencaster, and again, shout out to Zencaster, um, because it's properly working. Um, I'm going to play the Olympics music while we're doing this, because I mean, oh, right. And this is how much of a nerd I am. I have the John Williams collection on my iTunes account, <laughs> and I have that song. You know, it's a good it's a good tune when you hear it for two and a half weeks straight and don't get tired of it this is true this is very true um well not only that too like i don't know about you but when i was a kid like if i was again going back to the nerddom roots i would be like riding my bike somewhere and if i like like crested a very steep hill as i got to the top i would sing the song to myself because i was like yes you conquered the hill (laughs) here's your gold medal doofus like uh, but like I, I didn't really follow any of it this year um, mostly because we don't have cable anymore I mean that would be the main reason why I didn't follow it but like what was this it would make it tough yeah. yeah yeah I mean was this year any better any worse pretty much the same than Olympics past like the last one I watched was the one that I re- vividly remember was the one in Russia and I just remember that like everything in Russia was like falling apart and they'd like put together like these hotel rooms in like a matter of days. And they were like so horribly put together and like packs of wild dogs were running around. It was just like a nightmare. Yeah. So that was the last winter Olympics four years ago in Sochi. Uh, And this one um, I think was a lot cleaner. I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. Like, like you were talking about those kind of drama pieces and everything. And I don't, I think that was really the case, but this year was in Pyeongchang, uh, South Korea. Um, so I think uh, any and all storylines about the locale were the fact that it was in South Korea, which is just south of North Korea yep. and all that kind of good stuff. Um, 
but no, I mean, the actual venue was real nice. And, you know, South Korea is by no means a third world country or anything like that. So they put up, you know, first class facilities and that kind of thing. Um, I know there was a lot of like U.S. competitors that would do like competitions early, fly back to the United States to do press and media and then fly back to Pyeongchang wow. for like a later event. Really? Just because, yeah, just because like, you know, frankly speaking, none of these sports are really that popular other than when the Winter Olympics are on. So it's kind of like strike while the iron's hot. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. And go out and do like press events and things like that because when the heck else are they going to get a chance to do it other than four years from now? Yeah. And some of them, this is their only chance. So Yeah. I had, I mean, I followed some of the, some of the things. I mean, like, it's always cool. Um, watching Sean White do his thing because, like, he's just like a a maestro when it comes to his his craft. Like, I mean, I know he practices constantly. I know he's constantly snowboarding. But like, I just feel like the dude could like you, he could be sleeping on a plane. They could land the land the plane like right there at the course. Wake him up and be like, Sean, come on, man, it's it's time for you to snowboard. And he'd be like. Oh, oh, okay. All right, cool. And he would just jump out there and like do like like triple backflips and like land, like stick his landing and get a gold medal like without even trying. Like the dude is just incredible. Yeah, he's he's pretty tight on the snowboard. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I personally have always been a little less keen on, and this is winter or summer Olympics. With summer, it's really more just, um, I guess, gymnastics, but what I consider the subjective scoring sports. Yeah. So like snowboard tricks, figure skating. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones that were the Winter Olympics ones, where there's like judges that are giving a score. Some of like the snowboarding, like the big air ones yeah. and stuff like that. Like now, if you're doing speed skating, you're measuring with a watch and whoever crossed the line fastest wins. Yeah. And that, to me, just is a little more logical. Um, but that being said, it's no less impressive what Sean White and um, oh, what's her name, Chloe, whatever her name is, um, the the female snowboarder, like what they were able to do, um, and some of the figure skaters, because that's that's my wife's like that's her thing. Yeah, like she was so excited to watch the uh, the figure skating, the ice dancing the couples that kind of stuff and i don't know i don't know the the ones that are like it's, it's just because it's the subjective scoring to me i'm like oh, i get it yeah how come that how come that spin wasn't as good as the other spin like to me they look as far as a physical feat just as good but i guess that's part of the nuance that the people who are big fans of those sports are really into yeah yeah i mean and like and honestly like i kind of like it too because um just from my perspective you know me i love I love the dramatic element of anything, you know, whether it be a story or a movie or a sporting event. Um, but I love the idea of like these like rivalries between countries where like a judge will like stiff somebody like the long going joke when, you know, it was the Soviets versus the Americans, you know, like, oh, watch out for the Soviet judge because they'll be harsh, you know, and like it's just kind of cool like that. I I've always thought that was kind of neat. But like I, I see what you're saying, like from the logical standpoint, it would it would suck if you think you nailed like a perfect routine and the soviet judge gives you a 6.0 instead of a 9.0 like because you know they hate americans or whatever and um speaking of well i guess we'll call it the former soviets that was another big storyline for this winter olympics yeah. was they were not the russian team they were the oar the olympic athletes from russia so, um because of the whole doping scandal Okay, okay give me a little bit of insight. I know that the doping okay. thing because like the last time we did an episode where we talked about the um, we talked about the Russians and we talked. I know I want to say it was the Summer Olympics the last time we talked about it, where like there was a Russian swimmer who was talking all sorts of smack, and then it turned out that the Russian swimmer uh, got caught doping. And then there was like another one this year that was wearing a shirt that said like I don't dope, and then it turned out they did. Like I, that's all I know. I mean, please give me more details. But quick aside, it's funny that they're called OAR because there's a band from the dc area called oar and that's all i could think of whenever i saw that i was and i actually read a thing just today about that that they got a huge uptick in downloads because the 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 russian athletes were titled oar and people were like googling and searching and stuff so they got a huge like upsurge during the winter olympics in popularity wait, wait, wait a second you're saying this like 
this kind of like cool alternative band that's kind of like pop rock from from Rockville, Maryland is competing in the Winter Olympics. Whoa, wait, they just beat the Americans in hockey? Wait, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so about the doping. So, and you have to forgive me. It's not like I have like a full legal I got you, yeah. definition of all the people of everything. But basically the story goes is this. Um the Russian athletes, and, a, and it's a large number of them, um, had been, and just like a lot of our professional leagues, the IOC, which is the governing body of both the Summer and the Winter Olympics, they do routine testing for different performance-enhancing substances, yeah. um, for like human growth hormone, doping, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, just to make sure it's a level playing field for all the countries, because you see these like during the opening ceremony you got your one country that's marching in and it's got one participant and this just doesn't seem fair that you know you have this huge country and basically what it is is state sponsored doping yeah. um basically the the russian um participants and everything it wasn't like you know you hear about steroid use in in the mlb and there are a bunch of one-off players and you kind of get the feeling that there were probably a lot more that did it and just didn't get caught or whatever, but it wasn't like the New York Yankees were handing out steroids and saying like, if you want to be a Yankee, you better be using these steroids. And that's more or less what happened with this one. And so this, (laughs) well, I get, I mean, I guess it's, you can't really rule anything out anymore, but that's basically what happened as far as an analogy goes that uh, with, with this Russian doping scandal so there were a number of athletes that um, were banned from it, um, not able to perform, and then Russia as a entity was not allowed to be represented during the Winter Olympics this year. That's, and it was so it was possible, I know, and it was possible that they could get that rescinded, and then by the end of it, by the end of this Winter Olympics like during the closing ceremonies and some of the medal ceremonies and stuff, they could be um, recognized as the, the Russian country. Um, and the reason that you have the OAR, the Olympic athletes from Russia it, or of Russia yeah. is because it's not all of them did dope and it wouldn't be fair for them to work hard for all of these years. And then because other idiots were using substances they're not allowed to go to the Olympics. Yeah. That wouldn't be no, fair. fair. So that's why. But they weren't allowed to wear like the Russian colors, Russian uniforms. Um, they were never announced as like specifically performing for Russia, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Well, so to add a little intrigue, even more so, the Olympic athlete from Russia for the curling team, yes, the curling yeah. team was found to have been doping during this particular it's curling. Uh, winter what do you need to dope for it's curling I'm, i mean you watch him do the actual push off and everything like it's a pretty like squat position that they're doing it's like that like a hyper lunge that they're yeah. doing so i mean i got it's not like your average joe who's some like fat slob coming off his couch would be able to do it but yeah i, I feel like it's not one of the most physically demanding sports that you see, especially because they're wearing like khakis most of the time <laughs> yeah. while they're performing the sport. Like, I feel like if you can wear khakis and perform the sport, you probably don't need to be doping for well, it. Well, like, there, there was a really, really funny meme that was going around too. Um, and it had a picture of the American team that won gold in uh, in curling this year. And it's like it, it, the, the men's team. And it said like, these guys look like it was just a bunch of dads who agreed, Hey, let's go do some curling today. And like, they just happened to win a gold medal. Like, and like, yeah, it's just like guys in like baseball hats and khakis. Yeah. And it, it looks like an, yeah, an activity you could play on a Sunday afternoon, but these guys are playing at a high yeah. level. And in this one, it's, it's more about the strategy it, the, it's the reason they call it chess on ice yeah. is about where you place the stones and, and being able to do things extremely accurately. It's not like a physically demanding thing like football is, for example. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, this, this Russian athlete who was on their men's, I think it was the men's curling team. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was, there was a new event this year, mixed doubles. So normally the curling teams have four members this was two members, one man, one woman from each country, uh, kind of like mixed doubles in tennis, for example. Okay. 
Um, it was brand new, and it was the guy on that team, and he was found to have been doping. And that, again, just put another black mark on the Russians, and they are not they were not recognized at all then this this winter olympics as as a nation and and only individual performers were recognized that's crazy like well and and russia's typically a team that performs very well at the winter olympics um you know i mean they're they this winter olympics they were seventh overall in medal count like the olympic athletes from russia um, that grouping. Um, so Russia doesn't get any history or credit for it or anything, but I mean, they ended up getting two golds and, and 15 other medals in addition to those two golds. So it's not like they weren't there to participate. Yeah. What, um, what are some other things for the Olympics fan who just didn't watch it this year? Like what, what are some things that I missed and not watching it this year. What are some things that were just like, wow, this was awesome to watch? So I would say from uh, our U.S. rooting perspective, yeah. the biggest thing was the women's hockey yeah. team. Um, so they hadn't, I believe they hadn't beaten, and, and I don't mean like for the gold, but hadn't even won a game. Because they do it like the World Cup where they do a round robin. You have your division um, you play each team in your little division, and then that makes the standings for the subsequent uh, elimination rounds all the way down to the gold. So U.S. and Canada were in the same round-robin division. U.S. lost to them 2-1, to one, and that had been since 1998. The U.S. women's team had not won a single game in the Olympics versus Canada. They had won in some World you know, Cup play in the off years. But, I mean, it's the, the Olympics are what counts, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, so, U.S. and Canada meeting up in the gold medal round, and the women's hockey team ended up winning, and they won gold. And there was this really uh, funny gift going around. Well, I mean, funny for us, probably not so much for her. But during the medal ceremony, when they were going down the line and putting the silver medals on the Canadian the one Canadian athlete, as soon as that silver medal was put on her neck, she took it off and was like crying wow. and stuff. Like, didn't even wasn't even interested in a silver medal to the point. Like, most people would think that's an honor, but she's like, nope. We're so used to getting gold that wow. this silver might as well be made made garbage. Wow, what a what a uh, like. This is. I'll, I'll have to send it to you uh, on Facebook or Twitter or something. Like, okay, so where are we still cursing, which we're not? This would be the ch- where I would call this person a, a certain word, but like, what a spoiled sport! Like that just makes me sound. It makes me sound like <laughs> it makes me sound like a neutered like elementary school teacher. You're just a spoiled sport, <laughs> you. What a doo doo head. Fuck up, okay? The sun will come out tomorrow. Like it's, <laughs> but like, I mean seriously, like what an awful competitor. Like to to compete at the highest level and then not get your way, and ba- it's basically like being a kid who goes and plays a sport and then you get beat and you're like, well, I'm taking my ball and going home. Nobody else is allowed to play basketball if I don't get to win. So forget it. I'm out of here. Well, there's certain countries like I'm looking down at the bottom, bottom here and like the bottom three in medal count, Kazakhstan, Latvia and Liechtenstein. Each one of them won one bronze medal. And, and, and there, and probably a lot of those didn't have more than one or two competitors at all. Um, so can you imagine like getting a silver medal for that country? Like that would have been huge for them. And then just to like take the silver medal off and be like, here, let's just throw this away. This is this is trash. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know. But I'm glad that it it was our women's hockey team that finally won cuz I watched a couple of their round robin games and everything. Like they're real exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely like it's interesting too because they can't hit each other like um, men's hockey. So there's not the same physicality. I mean, now granted, I'm going off of an old rule. I mean, you watched it this year. Can they hit each other? Can they check each other into the boards? Mm, I didn't really see a lot of it. I'm not saying that like they can't, but it's definitely not the way that that you think of like when you're watching the NHL or whatever. And it's certainly not not physical. Like, they definitely are physical. Like, 
if you've ever played hockey or watched hockey, I don't care what the rules are. If the puck is in the zone and they're crowded around the yeah. crease, you, you, there is absolutely some elbowing and pushing and like, you know, it's definitely not, not physical. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, it was really like without like the big hits and like, and there's certainly no fighting, you know what I mean? Like it's the Olympics. Like there, there's certainly no fighting on that front. Um, it's really interesting to watch because it gets, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. It's more finesse, I guess yeah. is the way to put it. Um, like I always like when I watch hockey, like I'm more of a fan than the big hit. I prefer like the tic-tac-toe, like just tasty goal. Like that's more exciting to me than the big hit and the fight yeah. in hockey. Um, probably why I don't like NASCAR. Cause I don't care about the crash. I, I'm more interested in like, <laughs> the actual performance and the driving part is boring. So in hockey, like the finesse and the touch passes and that kind of stuff. And that was more on display with the women's hockey. Um, Plus Amanda Kessel, Phil Kessel's brother was on it. Or sister was on it. Oh, does she look like Phil too? Like just like. Same beard. It's, uh, I mean, they were spitting images of (laughs) each other. Phil Kessel is a very talented hockey player but because he plays for pittsburgh i just can't stand him and he just like he's got the same he's got the same <laughs> look on his face that i accuse uh forrest whitaker of having um and that's the i the constant i look like i want to have a sandwich right now like he just he, he always like he's like smacking his lips and he just has this like focused look of like man you know it'd be really good like pastrami on rye maybe a little sauerkraut maybe some thousand island dressing like i, I feel like people are like talking to phil kessel and they're like Phil, all right, so here's what we're going to do, okay? I'm going to pass to you. Um, you're going to pass to Crosby. Crosby's going to pass back to you, and you're going to shoot. And he's going to be like, do you think I can get french fries on my sandwich even though we're not in Pittsburgh right now? Like, I know we're in Philly, and they don't really do that. But you guys think I can do that, right? Phil, come on, man. No, 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 no. It's cool. Let's pass the fucking stuff and shoot. Yeah, okay, I get it. But seriously, like, how hard is it to get french fries on a sandwich here? See, now, every time I look at Forrest Whitaker, and that's I don't disagree (laughs) with your assessment. I I think it's actually very accurate. But anytime I look at Forrest Whitaker, I'm always thinking that like he's talking to you, but in the back of the mind, he's like, I really need to get to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I really need to find the nearest the nearest restroom because if I don't find one in the next like five to ten minutes, it, it could be a problem. Like, it's not one of those ones where he's like a little kid holding himself dancing kind of need to go to the bathroom, but where it's it's the point where he's like, I need to start really thinking ahead of when am I going to be able to get to a bathroom here? Because it's going to be a real problem. <laughs> All right, I can see that. That makes sense. Um, anyway, I don't know how that came up when we're talking about the Winter Olympics, Kessel. but because <laughs> I just imagine him being like, just, I don't know why. Because again, I'm weird, and that's he'll do it to you yeah, every time. Um. So okay, so the women's hockey won gold, which is awesome. You know, USA, USA, all the way. That's awesome. Um, but like. There was one thing I was seeing that was really, really weird. There was, like, some woman from San Francisco who's, like, works in, like, a processing center or, like, works at, like, a data center somewhere doing something decided that she wanted to do the cross-country skiing or, or like, the, the half-pipe event or something like that and, like, ended up becoming an Olympic skier from some other country. Even though she's an American, like, I guess her grandparents have, like, some um, lineage of some sort. And yeah, I, I remember hearing the deta- the details about this once. So again, I, I haven't done research on this particular one, but I believe what it was is she decided she wanted to be an Olympian and kind of found out the exact rules of how to become like considered a citizen or whatever. And I believe you're right. She did the, the yeah. half pipe for Hungary who didn't like really have a participant or whatever. Um, so she just went down the half pipe and just kind of snowboard up and down and up and down, just all in like no tricks, nothing probably got like the lowest score in Olympic history, but she was just kind of a regular person who did no additional training and performed in the winter Olympics. It just seems kind of, messed so, up, man. like, I, I just remember hearing about it and then like watching it and I was like, that seems kind of screwy, but yeah um well i think one of the best things about the olympics too is you like you hear about the olympians and you hear like 
well, it was my dream. I've always wanted to do track and field or like ever since I uh, got on the bobsled, man, that I just, I felt like this is where I belong or whatever. And just been working harder and harder and shaving seconds off my time. And then you're like, this lady just decided she wanted to do it because she yeah. was bored one weekend. We right. interview her after this and she's like, oh, it's been my dream for the last two weeks to be an Olympic skier. So like, are you serious? Like, yeah, it just, it just you're going to get to feel it. She's like, wait, where am I? I am so drunk. Like, how did I get here? I am so blitzed right now. Wait, I'm a skier. Oh, snap. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that sounds like it sounds like it was pr- a pretty good um, Olympics, though, this year. It wasn't like it wasn't boring. It wasn't like we missed a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it, it sounds like it was pretty exciting. No, I mean, like if the Olympics yeah. are your thing, so. It's and it's certainly I think it's easier to get into the Summer Olympics. I think those oh, particular yeah. those particular events just lend themselves to more of the average fan. But if you're just a fan of competition yeah. in general, um, yeah, there was a lot to watch. There's a lot to see, um, and I'm just one of those people that like, yeah, I like competition. I don't care what two teams are playing. I don't have to have a horse in the race. Yeah, I'll pick a team. Like, I remember we were watching one random speed skating. I'm like, this guy's from Kazakhstan. I'm going to root for him. He ended up falling down and not even finishing. And I felt really bad for him. And I was like, maybe I maybe I shouldn't root for the people I want to root for. Because <laughs> that's where Borat's but, um, from. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember hearing one time, too. I don't, I don't think it was the Olympics. I think it was like a World Cup event. And I don't even remember what it was for. Um, it was like a summer yeah. sport. But they played the Borat version of their national anthem they instead really? of the real one. <laughs> and, they, and the athlete was kind of like, whatever. <laughs> like, he thought it was funny, but I guess some people got very, very upset about that. I mean, that. <laughs> when your lyrics are, Kazakhstan is the best country in the world, all other countries are run by little girls. <laughs> yeah, I can understand. <laughs> well, some of the anti-Semitic stuff, uh, <laughs> not as good oh, no. either. <laughs> Some some countries might find offense on that. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, that sounds like it was it was good. I'm not, I'm not gonna say that I like, man, I really regret not watching it, but like, yeah, probably. Like, it's. I think I think you you hit the nail on the head though. Like, I don't really have any fond memories of being a kid and watching the Winter Olympics, but I do remember the Summer Olympics vividly. Like, I remember the one in. Um, what what god what year was it um was it 96 when it was in atlanta yeah i remember i remember that one like vividly and i remember watching almost all of that um i remember the 92 olympics um in barcelona because that was the first year of the dream team so like yeah so oh, yeah. i mean i definitely have some memories when it comes to the olympics and, and and enjoying them very much um yeah and like it's the winter olympics are cool but like it's American hockey never seems to break through, and that always bums me out. Um, yeah. Well, and there was no NHL players. Like there was, no, it was all amateurs. So, I mean, and not to downplay amateur sports by any means or anything, but if, if you want to really, really compete, and the U.S. didn't even make it yeah. out of the round robin, um, you know, it's you don't have your yeah. pros. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll kind of wait for the next time we're seeing the Olympics, which is going to be in 2020, correct? Yeah, that'd be the Summer Olympics. The way I always remember it is the um, the presidential election and Summer Olympics are the same year, and then the football, like the Soccer World Cup and Winter Olympics are always in the same yep. year, and they're two years off. Ooh, the ones other. in 2020 are going to be in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. That'll definitely be interesting. Let me make sure we got everything pulled up here. I'm just kind of looking over it. Um, I guess they hosted him once before in 1964. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> You're my answer to everything. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so you got to talk about something that you watched. Um, let's move into something that I just recently watched. And I'm going to cue up the music here. So give me one second. All right, so... You talked about the Olympics. Now, I want to talk about a show that is near and dear to my heart. And that is Star Trek Battle Discovery. Star, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, 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 that one, that one, not the other one. 
<laughs> um, this show, there are a lot of Trekkies, and Trekkies are notorious for being picky, picky, picky about anything involving their beloved Star Trek franchise. And like, are they called Trekkers now, Mike? I don't know. I think they've always been called Trekkies. I mean, are they are they calling themselves Trekkers now? Because if they are, I don't care. Um, it's yeah. been Trekkies forever, and it's going to stay that way. And I don't care if you want to change your name. Too late. It's already this. Um, but, like, a lot of people had a lot of problems with Star Trek Discovery. Because, I mean, the main crux of the problem that people were having with it is the way CBS and Paramount have treated the fans. So, if you're a fan of comic book conventions, if you're a fan of fandom essentially at all where there's a community of fans to com converse and communicate with you kind of have to thank star trek to a certain degree because if it wasn't for the star trek fans if it wasn't for the trekkies they probably would know i mean comic book conventions would have eventually come around i'm sure but star trek conventions is kind of where it started and yeah that's that's probably true there's a duality with this right there's a there's the positives and negatives of fandom, which we've we've talked about it and, and many times on this on this uh, podcast. But like, Star Trek is infamous for this too because the fandom does all these great things. But at the same time too, they hate anytime you try to do anything creative with their shows or try to do something a little bit different. Like they they will fight you tooth and nail over it, and it's <laughs> part of it's encouraging, but part of it's kind of like, come on, man, like chill, like just. <laughs> Give it a break. It, it's just, it's, it's kind of crazy. And the main pe problem that people had with this one is they, they keep telling us, the writers and the producers keep telling us that this series, Star Trek Discovery, is set 10 years before the original series started, right? So how, how far, and you're definitely a bigger fan than I am. Yeah. Where does Enterprise fit in? Enterprise well, I know that is... was a prequel, but that's like way the hell ahead of the original, right? Okay, so basically like the way the way the timeline works, right, is if you've watched all of Star Trek. Um, so there is a, this event that happens on April the 5th, 2063. That is uh, First Contact. That is when... Um, the professor Zephram Cochran created warp drive. Like he invented warp drive and had the first um, human made ship travel faster than the speed of light. So there you go. There's your answer to that. The, the Phoenix, the Phoenix. Yes. That was in star Trek first contact. Oh, um, look out. Look at, Hey, very impressive, Steve. Very nice. Star Wars fan dropping some star Trek knowledge. Um, so basically enterprise is right after this happens it's it's set in the 22nd century whereas star trek uh the original series with kirk and spock that's the 23rd century and then star trek the next generation is the 24th century so that's kind of the difference there um we're hitting like right after i mean if i could give you the exact timeline i'd, I'd be great but i can't um the first enterprise that had warp capabilities was the NX class starship. And that was uh, in 2151 was when that was launched. Um, let me see if I can find Star Trek Discovery's timeline, Star Trek Discovery timeline. There we go. So it is, yeah, it's 10 years before Kirk and Spock. And that is, let me see if I can find how that fits in. Like I'm, I'm not that big of a nerd. When it comes to Star Trek, I, I like it a lot, but I don't know all of the minutia um, like some people do. And I, if we had Zombie Ben, Zombie Ben knows this stuff like the back of his hand because he's he makes my nerddom look silly. <laughs> he's probably screaming at the computer right now like, you're all wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Basically, yeah. Yeah. The con the conversation that I had with him about the show was interesting because he's he's of the belief that like it should not be watched and that it's horrible and that it's bad and wrong and just all sorts of other stuff. So <laughs> like you're immoral for actually even talking about this right now, huh? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, more or less. Um but his his is because of the way Paramount and CBS respectively treat the um the fandom because there were a lot of um fan-made films and stuff like that and 
CBS and Paramount basically like, like, like smacked that down real hard and like wouldn't let anybody do anything. Whereas like you see with like Lucas, Lucas for instance is like is much less strict about these sorts of things. Um, they, in fact, like I don't know if you ever saw that fan film they made about Darth Maul. Um, but George Lucas saw it and was like, wow, this is so awesome. We're making it canon. Which one was that? That was... Um... Oh, well, now I'm going to have to send it to you, Steve. Um, it's on YouTube, and basically, like, um, Palpatine sends Maul on a mission to, like, some planet where there's a bunch of Jedi, and Maul just, like, obliterates them all. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll send it. Watch that. I'll send it to you. It's really oh. good. It's, it's really, really well done. I'll send you the gift of the Canadian girl taking off the medal. You send me that video. We'll call it even. There you go. Win-win. Um, yeah, so now I'm confused because I'm reading that... Um, I'm reading that the Enterprise that we know of, the Enterprise as, um, that Kirk and Spock took over uh, on their five-year mission that we know of from the TV show in 2265. Um, so that was only, what, 15 years after the Scott Bakula Enterprise? That can't be right. Was it that soon? No, 2151. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's like 115 years. Okay, so there's a big gap between Enterprise and Discovery. There's about 100 years difference. And that makes and a lot then of just sense. a couple, just like a decade later was the the original series picks up yeah which makes which makes sense okay so anyways we got way off track there okay so um basically like the crux of star trek discovery is the beginnings of the federation klingon war which is pretty awesome um you the technology in this series has been updated, so they're not using like those old, like clunky sets that they were using in the original Star Trek, which again, some people had problems with. They were like, oh, it should have looked the same. I don't really agree with that. I think that you should be able to have artistic license to play around with these things and that you shouldn't have to be stuck on doing it exactly the way that it looked in the 60s because that's ridiculous. Um, well, that's, I mean, there and there's the people that are like, for, I, I don't know what a good term, like a continuity slave you know what i mean they're yeah. like well and you were just sort of like listing off those dates and they're saying like well this doesn't jive because at this date it looks like this and then this date it looks like that and how do you reconcile those things and it's like it's called imagination buddy that's how you get reconciled all right let's go yeah and like that's the other thing too is like like you said a slave to continuity who cares if it doesn't line up exactly you know like it just let let us let them make let them have fun with the story let them do something innovative and and I think maybe this is coming from the fact that as a writer, like if somebody said to me, Hey Mike, we want you to write Star Trek. Well, first off, I'd probably poop my pants cause I was so excited. Um, but secondly, I would want to know the rules. Like what am I allowed to do and what am I not allowed to do? Because I don't want to have to write. Like, I just imagine like sitting at my keyboard, you know, typing out a story and saying, um, whatever captain I, I decide, let's say it's Kirk, you know, captain Kirk in an unknown mission that anybody else has seen encounters this alien species. But then I have to check through the Bible of star Trek stuff to make sure that he hasn't actually encountered this species before. Or if some other thing that has already been established as Canon contradicts what I'm saying. So it's like, I understand when they wanted to make these new star Trek movies and JJ Abrams was like, eh, let's do it in an alternate timeline. So I don't have to mess with this nonsense. Like, it, it, I get it. I really do. And it just like, I just don't understand why. I, I understand the, the love and the passion for something, but like, why not let somebody take this somewhere and see where it goes? If it doesn't line up, then you say, you know what? It didn't really line up, but it was a fun story. Yeah. I, I've been listening to a podcast that's going through like the history in, in story of like the X-Men comic books. And if you want to talk about a convoluted, time traveling retconning slop mess but you know what it doesn't matter because most of the time they're still good stories and yeah. so it doesn't matter really when you pick it up if the characters are good if the story's good if it's well written yeah. that's what you're going to remember unless yeah. you are one of those people that like the enjoyment you get out of it is like looking at it like a big puzzle and trying to piece it all together yeah and I, I guess that somehow sometimes how people enjoy their media is, yeah. I don't know, but for me, it's more about, and I think you're the same way. It's a character driven 
It's a story-driven entertainment, exactly. not the meta level of how does this all fit together. Yeah, and like for me too, with with this particular series, it was fun, and that's something that Star Trek hasn't been for a very long time. Because as much as I love Star Trek: The Next Generation, Star Trek: The Next Generation is boring. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be honest. Let's call this what it is. Okay, um, I but I like boring in this particular aspect. You know, I've been watching. I started in season one, and I'm worked my way through all seven seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation over the course of like six months. I'm watching it just whenever I have time or whenever it's bedtime. Um, because it's like a security blanket for me, you know, like as a kid, that's what I used to watch in my, in my bedroom when I was um, going to sleep because it used to be on right around my bedtime around like nine o'clock. So it's, it's a very comforting for me to watch this show, but because I love it so much, that being said, this, this series does some things that none of the other ones have done. It, it's, it's, it's more, it's, when have you ever heard somebody say that, man, Star Trek is hip? Never. Like th this show is it had they were using modern music which was awesome like at one point like um as um uh philip jean pierre uh, our guest from mike on the mic had mentioned they played a wyclef jean song on there and he said specifically and he's like and i can't hate that so like they're using modern music they're they're changing the stuffiness of this show but also too they did a lot of really fun things and the acting was good the stories were fun um they, they do they take some liberties with some technology but you know whatever so so did the original series it's it's worth your time is all i'm saying like if i'm trying to convince you that you need to watch this show steve check it out man i'll send you the link so that you can watch it um but of course we don't condone doing anything like this so obviously i'm going to sign up for start uh, for cbs all access uh, and pay for it and then steve will do the same because that would be the only way that we would watch a show like this correct i mean unless i'm waiting for it to come out on whatever official home release it comes out on yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, then th there would be your other option, too. But, yeah. I definitely think you'll enjoy this series. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. The special effects are great. Um, there's a... You know what? You're not, a, you're not a spoiler guy. I can tell you this. Okay. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't care if you really spoil it. I mean, okay. you mentioned, like, kind of the context of it's really yeah. hitting just before the original series, and it's hitting on the, uh, the Klingon War. Yeah. And the Klingons look completely different than they have in the past. Do they look um, like the original series ones, where it's like just a just a guy with like some paint on his face instead of like, <laughs> instead of no. like Dorn with the full like head ridge thing? So take take that Michael Dorn aspect of it and take it even further. Like you've you've seen um, Into Darkness, where they, the Klingons were in that one, correct? Where they kind of look like Predator with his armor still on. Yes. yes Imagine I, that. Imagine that only a little bit further. Like one of the things that was interesting about this is they um, they made the Klingons seem much more alien than they ever have before. And what I mean by that is, is like even their language sounds almost like unspeakable by the human tongue, if that makes sense. Like, like it's it, guttural. Yeah, it's it's almost got um, an Arabic sound to it, and that makes a lot of sense too because. There's some some obvious nods to the current like dichotomy between um, Western culture and Eastern culture as far as like Islam versus Christianity, you know, like the the Muslim world versus America. Hmm. Um, Federation essentially being like stand in for America, and the Klingons essentially being um, being Muslims. Um, that was that was I mean painfully obvious, but like it's if you when you watch it, you'll you'll see it too. But um, a lot of people didn't like that. I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool that the Klingons were much more alien than they ever were before. However, they changed the, they completely changed the design of their ships. And that made me mad because I used to love the way the Klingon ships looked. No Klingon warbirds for you, huh? Yeah, there were no birds of prey. Like, uh, they had whatever the same, it's called, yeah. I knew what you were talking about. It's fine. Um, they, they, they had the cloaking technology, which was cool, but they didn't use the same ships, and the ships look really funky and weird, and that kind of bothered me. But it's, again, it's fine. And they they travel to the Mirror Universe, which was awesome. Yeah, that's They're, the thing I heard yeah. before coming into this podcast, and I always thought that was cool. Tell, tell me more about that. Okay, so if you're unfamiliar with Star Trek, um, 
The mirror universe is basically like it's a parallel dimension where instead of the Federation being the symbol of hope and togetherness and unification and um, being a place where all are welcome, it is essentially a totalitarian dictatorship um, run by an emperor where everything that is like not evil, evil's the wrong word. Everything that is like raw and base as far as like humanity goes, like your aggressiveness and your um, anger and all those things, those are prized attributes. And essentially like an evil version of yourself exists in this uh, parallel dimension. And there's another ship that mirrors yours and that's why they call it the mirror universe. And Discovery ends up having to travel to the mirror universe um, and at first we think it's a mistake that they're there, but oh no. See, there are certain things I'm not going to tell you because you need to see it for it really to have its full impact. But you find out that it was, it was they were meant to go there. Um, it's just, it's, it's played so well. I mean, you got some great actors. Jason Isaacs is in it. He was um, Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter series. You knew he was destined to be a bad guy for his whole career after you watched The Patriot. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, and he's... Okay, so not giving anything away here like he's you watch this and you're like well he's kind of a dick but i kind of like him and he's he, he's an excellent addition to the show and he's he's phenomenal in this michelle yo of crouching tiger hidden dragon fame is in this as well she's awesome uh Sonequa martin green who used to be on the walking dead is in this she's the main character michael burnham she's friggin awesome like it's just overall an excellent series and at the very end of the final episode of this season of Discovery, the Discovery runs into none other than the USS Enterprise. And I just about like jumped off my couch and was like hooting and hollering. I was so excited. It was, that's why I love this show is it made me feel like a kid. It made me feel like when I was like nine years old and watching the Enterprise blow something up, I was just, I was that psyched about this. And that's, that's why it won me over is, you know, call me, call me a cheap win you know call me whatever you want but like it worked for me man i was i was sold did they reference who was captaining it was it pike well it has to be pike at this point is because like if you're following continuity if you're in which they say that they are they say that this all fits into continuity pike would have been captain of the enterprise this was point. he always like there wasn't anyone before him like he was always the so, first one no, the first one was Robert April, which Robert April was the one who oversaw the construction of the Enterprise when it was first built. So he was the first captain of the Enterprise, and then Pike took over, and then after Pike, Kirk took over. So the way that they set it up is that like the Enterprise had like three five-year missions. The first one was April, second one was Pike, third one was Kirk. Um, and then Kirk got like a, a second and a third go-around too. And Pike, as far as like what we saw, he was only ever in the, the pilot episode. Is that right? As far as the series goes, yeah. Yeah. And then when they do like the movie universe, it's a little bit different, but yeah. I like the way that they did him in the in the J.J. Abrams stuff. I thought, I thought I that was I the, a good way to to hold true to, to him actually being the captain and Kirk taking over or whatever, but... So they don't have an extended period in Discovery. It was just kind of a thing at the very end, like a little Easter egg kind of yes. thing. Oh, yeah. But it was it was like such a great way to end that series was just with that little like because like they, they come they come out of this event and, you know, tr uh, transmissions are scrambled and they're like, oh, there's somebody sending us a distress signal, uh, but we can't get it. Um, we can't make it out who is it coming from well the call sign is ncc17 and as you're seeing it come up on the screen you're just like oh god here it comes here it comes here it comes and like and then it, and then it does and then the enterprise shows up and like even this enterprise is like it has a different look obviously than the one from the 60s but like it looks cool and like i'll show you i'll send you a picture of it like it just it looks really really cool um I can't wait for the next season, but I think we're not going to see it until 2019. And so let me ask you about the next season then. So I remember reading somewhere, and I don't know if this is what they ended up deciding they were going to do and they're going to continue this or whatever, but I remember reading it at least at some point that for Discovery, like each season was going to be like a different crew, a different time period, 
like they're almost like a like different vignettes of each season telling different stories is that still what they're doing or are they going to follow this crew the whole time that hasn't really been confirmed one way or the other um we don't we don't know for sure i'm thinking that they're going to follow this crew because um people really seem to like who they saw um so it wasn't it wasn't like um, oh well, we didn't like this or we didn't like that and I think that they're gonna bank off of that to like keep viewers around kind of thing. Yeah, I mean I I don't know why you'd mess with what's not broken. You know what I mean? It's, it seemed I mean I know you said that there were some fans that were just like weird about it, but that was gonna be the case no matter what you put on the screen. Yeah, pretty much. I mean that that's the consensus. Like it, it, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered if they were like. You would have you would have lost something one way or the other, no matter what you did. And at least this way, they're bringing in new fans. They're bringing in a new concepts to it, and they're they're trying to get new fans too. And I'm I'm never going to be opposed to that. I'm and whether it's this or whether it's any other franchise that exists, I'm always going to be all for it when it comes to inclusiveness. I think. And I'm actually sending you the links right now in Zencaster if you want to see what the new Enterprise yeah, I think looks like. You got me sold. I'm probably going to have to find some time to to watch that. Yeah. In fact, I will send you the link. Um, I mean, I will send you the information on how to sign up for CBS All Access. Obviously, Steve. Oh wow. Because there's no other way that you would watch something like this. I can see how the Enterprise here. It does look like the original one just I don't know with more neon I don't know what the right way to say this is <laughs> yeah it, the lights are brighter and it looks more it looks more modernized I mean I, I know what you're saying yeah and I'm also going to send you this other link on how you also can sign up for watching is this Sorry, other is this other on. ship the discovery then is that what it's okay. yes that's the discovery yeah, and that one, okay, so the, the history behind that is that is the um, Ralph McQuarrie of Star Wars. Star That's Wars. a name I know. Yeah. Ralph McQuarrie was contracted to do some, um, some sketch work for Star Trek um, when they were going to relaunch the series. So basically, like, before they did the motion picture, which was, like, 1980, uh, maybe, like, 1979, they talked about doing a... Um, a new series called Phase Two, and that was McQuarrie's artistic designs for what the Enterprise he thought the Enterprise should look like. So they were just like, well, "All right, well, let's just make that the Discovery," and that's what they did. So it's it looks pretty cool, and especially if you're kind of like a history buff like we are when it comes to nerdy stuff like this. Ralph McQuarrie's um, having quite a comeback because I mean, a lot of the the designs of the uh, ships and stuff in in Rebels, um. Star Wars Rebels was oh, based yeah. off of his designs, like A-Wings, certain characters, um, a lot of his early designs. So now you're saying both Star Wars and Star Trek over the last couple of years, his old original sketches from back in the 70s and 80s are making a comeback. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's coming back, and it's it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah, he's, he's kind of getting a resurgence when it comes to uh, – his sort of stuff, which is, I mean, again, you know, how can you, yeah, how can if you it's good back? art, it's good art. Yeah, exactly. Um, now as far as, as far, again, watch it. If you haven't watched it, how many check it out. It's, it's are really, really good. Um, well you get, you get, um, okay. So, you you see Sarek, right? Like Spock's father. Oh, um, all right. But you also get Michael Burnham, who her history is is she's she's human. Um, but there was a Klingon attack on her homeworld that she was living on with her parents when she was a kid, and her parents were murdered by Klingons. And um, Sarek ends up raising her, so she's technically Spock's half sister. Um, or like stepsister or whatever you want to call it. Like, but, and it's, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to do that with season two. Cause I would love to see an interaction between Spock and her. I think that would be really fun. Who would you get to play Spock though? You know, I mean, Oh God. Um, see, I'm not good at this because I'm not up with current actors at all. So 
I wouldn't even know who would be a good fit now. Like, I um, thought Zachary Quinto did a good job in the movies. Yeah. With, with the, I don't with think the that they material he was him. given, I should say. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't think that would make sense. No, it really, it really wouldn't, unfortunately. But again, like I, I trust this this crew that's running this thing, man. Like they, they did a pretty decent job. And as long as they don't get too full of themselves and start essentially doing what Star Trek did, um, which would be like what Next Generation and Voyager and Enterprise did, where they just like start doing the same exact thing over and over and over again, and just thinking that it's going to work for uh, perpetuity. As long as they keep. Try to, trying to stay on their toes and doing innovative things and telling a good story and that's the main focus then I think they'll be fine um, and I again I trust them I, I think they're going to go in good good. they're going to take this to a good place well I think you got me sold I think I'm going to have to I'm going to have to watch this excellent and yeah I mean it's it, it's good stuff um, I think that what we'll do Mr. Monic is We'll go ahead and we'll call this an episode because there's so much more for us to talk about, but we might as well save it for another uh, day. Yeah, there's I always mean, more time. There's I don't think episodes. there's been a single podcast we've ever ended where I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I got nothing left to say. There's always another topic. There's always something else to, to bring up and, and get into. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Keep your eyes open, guys. We're, we're going to be doing some big stuff with GGR here real, real soon. Uh, for the meantime, if you want to read any of our recent blog posts, those are going to be on rockdeeprogradio.com. Um, we are working on some new stuff, but there's still the old stuff, uh, which little by little I'm going to be bringing back for you guys to see on uh, greatgeekrefuge.com. So keep checking that out, too. But more importantly, make sure you subscribe uh, to the podcast on uh, either iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is that you get uh, podcasts. Um, like us on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. I mean, GGR is, is, is getting, we're bringing it back slowly, but surely, but more importantly, if you were hearing this and you want to be involved, if you want to be on podcasts, if you want to, uh, have a place to showcase your art, if you're a writer and you want a place to share your stories, um, if you want to write for us, if you want to write about the nerdy geeky things that we love to hear about and talk about, here's your chance. Uh, let us know. Um, just shoot us a message on the website and I will be more than happy to get back in touch with you or Steve will get back in touch with you. One of us, one of the dedicated Great Geek Refuge employees will do this for you. I can guarantee you that. That's why they pay us the big bucks. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Steve, any parting remarks before we say goodbye to our, our wonderful and talented fans? No, just get excited for, for everything at GGR. There's going to be a lot of stuff, and just because we have all our stuff out there doesn't mean there isn't room for more. Uh, so if you got something to yeah. contribute, let us know, and we'll be happy to put it up on the site and add it to the to the stronghold of, of awesome stuff we got going on. Exactly, exactly. All right, guys. Well, for Steve, um, for Andy, for Ben, for Jess, for all of us at GGR, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this has been another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>